director Jodie Foster. You're fired, Claudia. Comes three good reasons to go home for the holidays. Hi. Mothers. You paint as good as Vincent Van Gogh. Why isn't some man giving you $63 million just for one lousy picture? Fathers. Everything's changing, like shoveling the turkey and stuffing the snow. Brothers. Ah, I swear, Tommy, I'm naked. Into the house. Everyone. Before we're in the evening news. Home for the holidays. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, November 3rd at Select Theaters. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be discussing Home for the Holidays, which was released in the US on November 3rd, 1985, and in the UK on December 6th, 1996. It was written by W.D. Richter and directed by Jodie Foster. It stars Holly Hunter, Robert Downey Jr., Anne Bancroft, Dylan McDermott, Geraldine Chaplin, Steve Gutenberg, Claire Dane, Sylvia Stevenson, and Charles Durning. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems the movie has, uh, three each, and we'll discuss them. We will also each have a positive. And the synopsis is... Not ready. Okay. (laughs) The synopsis is, after losing her job, making out with her soon-to-be former boss, and finding out that her daughter has plans to spend Thanksgiving with her boyfriend, Claudia Larson faces spending the holiday with her family. Yeah, that makes it sound like she lost her job because she made out with her boss. That was from IMDb, and it's not as bad as the one from Google, because the one from Google says, Claudia, after losing her job, having an affair with her ex-boss, finds out that her daughter has plans of her own, therefore she must have to spend the Thanksgiving holidays with her crazy family. But she was doing that anyway. And she didn't have an affair, she made out with him. No, exactly. I don't understand why she made out with him, but, you know. Right, so I'd never seen this before, watched it for the first time last night. What's your history with it, Jen? Um, I watched it probably when it came out on VHS, and uh, I've seen it a couple times since. I do have it on DVD, and it's funny because I was working on a work project and kind of had it playing on my phone nearby, and my husband came in, and he saw it and started laughing, and he was like, you can't just watch the DVD because the DVD player, like the TV in here has a DVD player. And I was like, well, streaming's easier. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to have it where I can see it. And, uh, but he was just making fun of me because I have a nice TV in my office and I was watching on my little phone. Yeah. But yeah, this is the first time I've seen it in possibly like 20 years. Oh, really? Like I have the DVD. I'm not sure if I've ever actually watched the DVD. So this is our Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't do one last year because um, it was my pick this time last year, and I picked a Scottish movie for St Andrew's Day. Um, but, yeah, since it's your pick, we're doing Thanksgiving. Again, I don't think there's that many more Thanksgiving movies, is there? There's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. It must be an American thing. It must be an American thing. I know it is, like, Thanksgiving is an American thing, but movies like this, I just don't... I, I don't... I can't really... I don't have family... A family like this. I don't have gatherings like this where I freak out because I'm going to go and meet extended members of my family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen to me. It's never happened to me. So this sort of thing's just woof over my head. Me a little too. It it 
these kind of movies, like, even though they're all fighting and everything, they always make me sad that I'm an only child. Um, because I wish yeah. I had siblings. But I think there's also, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but I think there's something that, you know, with these kinds of, uh, holiday family dramas, which I enjoy, um, mm-hmm. it's often people coming together that live in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's something to that, that, like, if you don't see your relatives that often, like, maybe there's a lot more regressing when you get together, um, maybe a little more drama when you get together, because my family lives in town, like, we, I mean, my husband has relatives from out of town, but um, they're rarely all together at the same time, or else maybe it would be mm-hmm. a little more dramatic, I don't know, but I don't, the dynamic in a movie like this, or the family stone, or anything like that, I don't have that in my life. So it's mm-hmm. very foreign to me as well. I, I think it, I mean, it also must be because of Thanksgiving. Because, I mean, as we all know, we don't have that here. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing as well is just, like, Greek to me. <laughs> Christmas is about the only thing that we have to that. And you have Christmas as well, so mm-hmm. you lot are just greedy. <laughs> that's just pure greed well the thing they talk about in this movie the thing they talk about in this movie that um i do appreciate is they keep talking about how they're gonna have to just do this again at christmas and like that's the thing is you mm. have thanksgiving you see relatives and then you just see them again a month later and in these yeah. christmas movies they're usually like they they're always getting together for the first time in a while so it's like i guess none of them do thanksgiving together and it's like that's i mean and, and a lot of people do only do one um Mm-hmm. But it's for me. It's like, I mean, I'm just seeing them again at Christmas. Yeah, the family's not that bad. Uh, I mean, they see each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they see each other. Like, if it, if it's only twice a year, they see each other in succession of within a month. So it's you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, my family live close by too. I live with my mum. Okay, well, I didn't, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't love it. Didn't like it much. I was just, I, I watched it and I, I enjoyed parts of it, and I thought there was parts that were funny. Uh, but yeah, it's just mm. <laughs> and good performances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what is your first problem? My first problem is. Um... It's actually a problem I had when I first watched it when I was 13 or whatever. And so I'm going to do a problem for my 13-year-old self, um, even though it wasn't necessarily something that upset me so much this time. Um, So when I watched it, if I remember correctly, the main reason I watched it is because Claire Danes was in it. And I loved Claire Danes, and I loved My So-Called Life. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with My So-Called Life. And she's only in two scenes. Yeah. If I remember correctly, the marketing made it look like she was in a lot more of the movie. Yeah, she's like five five minutes total or something. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, and it's also one of the only roles where you see her with that like with her hair looking my so called life ish, and yeah. uh, you know you don't get to see her very long. And I, that's the that's the Claire Danes I wanted to see. Like I didn't want to see Romeo and Juliet. Well, I did want to see Romeo and Juliet, but like this is the Claire Danes I wanted to see, and I only got two scenes with her, and I remember being so pissed. Like, when she doesn't go mm. with the mom, I'm like, well, surely she'll show up later, and then she never did. Well, um, yeah, Steve Guttenberg's in this movie more than Claire Danes. Yeah, and he's not on the poster, which is weird. No. Well, the only poster I've seen is just Holly Hunter. There's one where they're, like, sitting on and around a couch, 
And there's mm. a spot on the couch where it looks like he should be sitting, but he's not sitting there. Right. Fair enough. Well, my my first problem, um, I I was enjoying this movie until Robert Downey Jr. Uh, showed up because I don't like Tommy. <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't like Tommy, then this is not the movie for you. No, I I I no, I couldn't stand him. It's as soon as he started, he started the first time we see him, he's he's taking pictures of his sister. And her underwear in bed, mm-hmm. and then lifts up her top and takes a picture under her top, and then later on he takes a picture of her in the shower. Mm-hmm. Who does that? And this is supposed to be lovable. Mm-hmm. Who does that? And then he does the weird thing with the cat, where he's meowing at the cat, mm-hmm. and that cat's clearly in distress, and he should put that cat down. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. on heroin. No, that's the thing, right? He's very clearly high. In this movie. Mm-hmm. He is. And Jodie Foster even admitted it that he was high. Well, she, he admitted it and Jodie Foster said um, that, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But she likes his performance anyway. Baffling. It's baffling <laughs> that people like his performance. Uh, 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 it's And also he was allowed to improvise. Mm-hmm. Don't do that to someone who's, like, coked out their gourd. Don't just it's let her go on and just I know, but <laughs> heroin out of his gore doesn't doesn't sound the same. <clears throat> so don't let them don't let somebody who's high just improvise and say whatever they want. It's oh god. Yeah, he said uh Jodie Foster told him, Well, it looks like you're getting away with it on this one. I wouldn't try that again because we're kind of a forgiving group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after this it got to the stage where uh, they couldn't movies couldn't get insurance for him mm-hmm. because he was a liability because he was always so high on set nobody would hire him he couldn't get any jobs and uh, and Mel Gibson bailed him out one time mm-hmm. like didn't he put um, up like a million dollars for his insurance like of his own money yeah he did that um, I mean that's a good friend mm-hmm. he's a shitty person but that's a that's a nice thing that he did yeah yeah yeah. But it's only good if he'd also told them, get your shit together, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I imagine he did. Oh, apparently as soon as filming was done on this movie, his family showed up to do an intervention. No. One of many. But it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't, because he, he needed to hit rock bottom first. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this was before he served one year in prison for missing uh, court-mandated drug tests. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not judging, right? Mm. Because I know it's an addiction, and I love the guy for getting his shit together, and now he's a global megastar, mm-hmm. and you know, good on him. Because I do think Robert Downey Jr. is a good actor. He is. He he's much better now when he's not on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also done good stuff like um, in Chaplin. He was really good in Chaplin. Also, I think Tommy's an arsehole anyway. So I, I liked him, but he was an asshole. He is an arsehole. I, I just don't like him. So what is your second problem? <laughs> it's a small thing, but it was driving me crazy. When Helen Hunter and her mom are in her bedroom and her mom is like undressing or whatever, she's smoking a cigarette and she's like... Mm-hmm. 
moving, like gesticulating, like moving her hands around. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, where's the ashtray? Like, is this woman going to ash? Like I was very aware that <laughs> she was still smoking and that there was like, what is she getting ash all over the place? Is she getting it on her clothes? Like what, what is, was the deal there? She must've been because I doubt, um, Holly Hunter had a, an ashtray on hand in her childhood bedroom. Yeah. That's a very strange, that's a very strange, um, a problem to have. I usually come up with weird problems, but that one's a bit. I well, I also have a thing just like in real life. Like I know a lot of smokers, and I hate it when I'm watching someone talk, and they have a cigarette mm-hmm. in their hand, and you can see the ash growing and growing. And I like really, really need them to ash their cigarette because I I'm just thinking about how it's gonna fall down and get on their clothes or on the table or whatever. And it's just, it's the thing I've already focused on. So I was just thinking about that in that scene that, like, I really needed her. I, I needed to see an ashtray somewhere or something, because I don't know what her yeah. plan was if she'd stayed in the room much longer. I didn't even notice she had a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of smoking in this movie. There is, yeah. But I didn't notice it in that particular scene. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't even a real cigarette. Possibly not, but... But that's what I mean. That Maybe the, the actress, maybe she was just not thinking about it or on set they just weren't thinking about the ash yeah. thing because it wasn't a real yeah, cigarette I didn't think about that yeah because usually in movies and stuff they use fake cigarettes like herbal cigarettes mm-hmm. um although i do know that sometimes like i remember and she's the one um and that was an independent film and i'm sure they didn't have many takes because mm-hmm. i'm sure if you have a lot of takes you don't want to use real cigarettes because then you'll um probably get sick from smoking too much but um yeah and she's the one when they're smoking, they're really smoking. Because, like, Jennifer Aniston really smoked. And um, possibly even Kevin Smith movies, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I didn't think about the fact that it might be fake. But still, it was bothering me. It w- And that wasn't just me, like, not having problems and just, like, trying to come up with one. Like, I wrote that. That was pretty early in the movie, and I wrote it down because I was like, I can't. I can't <laughs> with this. Do you know who was the only cast member of the six cast members of Friends who didn't smoke. Matt LeBlanc? No, uh, it's David Schwimmer. Okay, it was. I figured it was between the two because I knew that... Well, I remember hearing in an interview, I think it was a Kevin Smith podcast too, where Lisa Kudrow, like, she kept chewing gum and she was addicted to the nicotine gum. And I forget why she said she started mm. using it, but, like, she had quit smoking years before or something and randomly just started chewing nicotine gum so i couldn't remember if she had actually smoked or not but i knew jennifer aniston courtney mm-hmm. cox and matthew matthew perry loved smoking he brought up smoking a lot in his book yeah because i remember when friends first started getting big everywhere i think it was like in the second season mm-hmm. uh channel four who showed it over here they uh, they got an interview with the three guys um in front of an audience so it was a big deal they had an interview an hour-long interview with the three guys, and I can't remember what they were talking about, but David asked for permission to admit that everybody else smoked, because he said, can I say this? And the other two guys said, yeah, it's all right. And he said, well, I'm the only one that doesn't smoke. That was back in the 90s. Yeah. It was more acceptable to be smoking than, like, you wouldn't see... If you saw smoking in a movie like this now, it would be like someone sneaking cigarettes. Like, it wouldn't be people just smoking out in the open. Yeah. And Holly Hunter even smokes a joint mm-hmm. at one point. Um, 
which I think is why this movie's rated 15 in the UK. I don't think there's much else in it that would make it a 15 other than the, the actual smoking of a joint. Um, because the original Karate Kid movie, they smoke a joint in that, and that's a 15 over here, uh, which is crazy. But, yeah, it must be because of that. Anyway, my second problem is, uh, well, in general, it's fart jokes. Mm. And having someone, having four people sitting in a car and some one, one of them farting and another one's saying, hey, is that you, is that you? No. Don't like it. And also, just, just the way that they sort of handled the character of Gladys, mm-hmm. right? Because she essentially possibly has early onset dementia. Yeah. It's just glossed, glossed over and then forgotten about. And it's like, that's really sad. That is really sad. That, that, that That's the one character that I felt sorry for in this entire movie mm. uh, was, was Gladys. And to have her, to have that character be degraded by having a fart joke was also kind of, it was, didn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's already got dementia. She's already um, declaring her love for the dad. And she's clearly in her own world now. And but then to have her fart in the car and everyone, I mm. didn't like it. But fart jokes in general, I don't like anyway. I'm not a huge fan of fart jokes. I'm getting old. <laughs> I haven't liked fart jokes since I was a kid. And I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I'll defend Scooby-Doo as being a good movie is because I know it's good because there's um, a scene where Scooby and Shaggy are having like a fart off. They're, like, farting mm. in each other, and I actually find it hysterical. And for a movie to make me find fart jokes funny is, like, that's really impressive. Because I just, I don't like it. Yeah, see, I actually like the original Scooby-Doo movie. Um, I don't remember much of the second one, but the part for Seth Green been in it. Mm. But I do, um, I do like the, the original. Right, so what is your third problem? My third problem is when um, Holly Hunter... And I need to remember her real name. What is her character's name? Claudia. Claudia, thank you. When Claudia and Leo are making out, they have food in their mouths. <laughs> That's my third problem. Really? Though. Well, then I will switch it because it was between two different problems. So my other problem is that when he goes to get coffee, he doesn't pay for the coffee. Right, he leaves money. Did he Does leave he? money? Yeah. If he does, I totally missed it. He le- he leaves money, but he doesn't take any change. He just leaves. Oh, okay, just all right. He just leaves it. Just Maybe he's just tipping yeah. Sean Hattesey. Yeah. Did you Did you notice little young Sean Hattesey? Yeah, I did. I I did. Yeah, that was well, just three years before the faculty. Yeah. Just, when he just suddenly appeared everywhere <laughs> for a few years. Yeah, but yeah, the the kissing while while eating was disgusting. Yeah, it's not just that, which is gross in itself, but. They've just met, <laughs> and they're at the stage where you can you can take something out of someone's teeth and then feed it to them. They're at that stage. I I would have bought it. I would have been okay with it if they were drunk, but right. they're not drunk. No, they are two sober people acting like this. Yeah, and that that kind of thing, like if they were drunk or high or something, mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, well that makes sense. But 
you're sober and you're picking something out of his teeth that's disgusting. And then feeding him that he, yeah. that he puts it back in his mouth is disgusting. I wanted to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> that It's just vile. It's, I mean, and again, they just met. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. The, I mean, I know a lot of movies, and we've covered a lot in this, this podcast, where there's two people who just meet and then they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's what happens in romantic comedies. But this one goes a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> it's Oh, it was gross. Yeah, so that was my third problem as well. Not that it's a problem, because she's very good, but sometimes I wonder if Cynthia Stevenson gets sick of playing the uptight woman. Mm-hmm. She's always uptight. Yeah, same same character and everything. Mm-hmm. I felt sorry for her as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the I don't see why everybody hated hated in the sister. It's just because she wasn't like um, Tommy. It's because she's not like well, Tommy she's that... uptight and she's one of those people like in the kitchen where she's like, you know, I can't do everything. Like I'm expected to do everything, and it's like she's the one choosing to do everything like there's at least one in every family i have an aunt like that where it's like she acts like she'll be really dramatic about people not helping but she just does everything herself and she could ask people to help like i know that i noticed that she um when we would have big family gatherings that she would complain about like nobody cleaning up Mm -hmm. which like people clean up but it's you know sometimes after dinner you just want to sit around and chat And so people don't clean up right away, but she wants to clean up right away. And so I started at family gatherings, just cleaning up everything. And it was, she looked confused, like almost like she was preparing to do the the normal complaint and couldn't. Like, I think people get used to that. And I, and I was that person when I worked at Borders, like I would, um, I was on inventory and I would do everything. And then I'd complain about how people weren't doing enough. But then when they did it, I was annoyed because they sucked at it. (laughs) <laughs> but I know that instinct to be like to to feel put upon, but like you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. When you're around that person, when you're around that relative, you can go kind of crazy because you're just like you're stressed and you gave yourself the stress. And they're not so fun to be around. No, my mum is like that. But my mum's more like, my mum's a perfectionist and she wants everything done quote unquote correctly. <laughs> which is her mm-hmm. way of doing things. Um, but then she'll complain that she's not getting any help or that we mm-hmm. just sat around doing nothing while she did everything. To be fair, she's not been like that as much in the past few years because the past few Christmases, Callum, my brother-in-law, has actually been helping her cook um, and he insisted in doing it because he likes to cook. So for the past couple of Christmases, it's been the two of them doing it. But before that, she used to just, like, make something. Say she didn't need any help. If we said, do you want help? She would say, no, no, it's all right, I've got it. And then she would complain that she had to do it all by herself. I'm lucky my husband's not like that because he volunteered us for to host Thanksgiving this year. And oh, he's dang. making all the food. Um, like, my mom's bringing a couple of things, but he's making most of it. And he goes as far as, like, printing out a very specific schedule about when things need to be done so that (laughs) he gets all the food cooked um, right on time. And uh, I don't help. I I mean, I've offered before, but I don't actually expect him to take me up on it. 
and he generally doesn't. Occasionally he might want me to do one thing, but I swear I'd be so pissed if he volunteered mm. our house and volunteered to make all the food and then got pissed that I wasn't helping. Because I, I didn't sign up for that. No, true. Um, so what is your positive? Um, I like the scenes where they're all talking at the same time. It's very, like, the, and that's the thing that, like, Robert Altman did a lot. But the mm-hmm. problem with, like, and, and I loved it, but in Altman movies, it was very, it felt very scripted. Like, when everybody's talking at the same time, it's, um, like, almost musical. Like, you can tell how planned out it is. And in these scenes, I'm sure there's a lot of improvisation because um, I know they encouraged improvisation on the movie and mm-hmm. it feels real. Like you don't see that a lot in TV and movies that, I mean, people, you know, there's a script and like one person says the thing and somebody else says another. You rarely have multiple people talking at once. Yeah. As And in this you do. And it's to the point where you can't even really understand what, like there are moments where I... I like there's clearly not one conversation I'm supposed to be focusing on, right? Like they're all talking mm-hmm. at once and I kind of lose track of who's saying what and it's realistic. Like that's how people are. That's how you are when you get together with families. You have that many people in a room together. There's going to be multiple conversations going on at once and there's going to be people like the father who are jumping from one conversation to the other. Absolutely. And uh I just really liked that. That's something that I don't see as much as I would like in movies. Yeah, no, it's very realistic. I mean, that, with they're talking over each other and at each other because there's multiple conversations is very realistic, and I did enjoy that. I think that was a good thing. Um, I think that that is like Jodie Foster trying to do Robert Altman, but doing it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't seem as scripted as Robert Altman things, but, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely true. It's what happens at our house as well. Because I can be talking to Callum and Lisa can be talking to my mum. And Daisy's mm-hmm. running about screaming her head off, playing with toys. Um, and and talking to herself. <laughs> or, like, we'll all be taking turns talking to each other and talking to Daisy and blah, blah, blah. And it happens. And uh, having a bigger crowd, that, that that's certainly something that, that you see. And it was realistic. So my positive, and I'm sort of mixed on this myself, but... The, the main reason I picked this positive is why I picked this positive, but there is gripes to the positive, and that's uh, Leo. Um, I have mixed feelings about Leo, uh, Dylan McDermott's character, mm-hmm. because he seems like a nice guy, but the whole like Kyle Reese sort of from the Terminator scene falling in love with a woman because he saw her in a picture thing mm-hmm. uh, is kind of icky. And also he saw her naked in a picture, which is kind of icky. But the fact I picked Leo, the reason I picked Leo, sorry, is because Claudia initially thinks that he's Tommy's new boyfriend, but he's just a guy who's really cool with his friend being gay. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. He has a, it's a co-worker thing, isn't it? I think Tommy yeah. hired them or something, but he's still, yeah. But they're still friends. Oh, yeah, that's another reason they don't like Cynthia Stevenson. She's clearly homophobic. The way she was talking about his wedding. Yeah. She was like, she was being homophobic. She was like talking about like, did you wear a dress? And yeah, yeah she yeah, was yeah. calling him a pervert. Yeah, but. Like that. But that's because he was winding her up. 
I know, but that was her attempt at trying to trying to fight back. I'm I, not saying I, she was good at it. If I have a, a gay friend try to wind me up, I'm not gonna say homophobic stuff. I might say other mean stuff. It's her brother. It's her brother. It's a family thing. But it's the that doesn't mean that like when she gets the the turkey on her, mm-hmm. um, and he's standing, and she's clearly upset. And he's standing there taking pictures of her laughing in her face. That's just like, come on now. But, yeah, she, yeah, she is homophobic. You're right. I forgot about that. She is. And I would like to have seen something about that more, like, getting resolved. But mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen that way in real yeah. life. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Yeah, I just Leo has a gay friend, and in 1995, he's perfectly cool with it. And mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was nice. pretty good. I was reading an interview with Jodie Foster about this movie, and um, they were pointing the person interviewing her pointed out that um, they were they were impressed how progressive it was because you have this gay character, and there's no big coming out scene. Everyone knows he's gay. No. Um, and because at first I was like, is it going to be a secret that he's gay? Like, because usually in this kind of movie it would be like the parents mm-hmm. don't know or something. Like he, everybody knew he was gay. Um, he wasn't hiding his marriage from them because he thought they'd judge. He just hadn't said anything because he's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no AIDS storyline or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like, it's for the mid '90s. The fact that they didn't mention AIDS and the fact that there was no coming out and the fact that everyone was—I mean, clearly not everyone was cool with it—but that like they're at least not until he gets in a fight with his sister, they're not saying anything. Yeah, I like that. I like that they're not all cool with it. Because that would be realistic. Yeah. Like, the dad is clearly disappointed that his son is gay. But at he's least trying. the dad... Ha- yeah, he's trying. At least he has a scene where he's talking to his son's husband on the phone and then congratulates him. And that is mm-hmm. really sweet. And he's trying his best. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly an older man um, who doesn't really understand any of that sort of thing that's happening now in the 90s. Um, and... And he's trying his best, and I think that was lovely. But yeah, there is there is some good things to this movie. I, I I'll admit it. I didn't love it, but there was there was one line that I liked. I mean, there was quite a few, but the one that I wrote down was um, when Claudia first gets there to her parents' house, and the mum is talking, and the dad says she never shuts up. That's something I never noticed when I was working. <laughs> <laughs> And I just thought that was funny. <laughs> and that's also a good way to tell us, tell the audience that he's retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't ha- you don't have to say he's retired or uh, how's dad since his retirement, blah, blah, blah. He just says that one line and you know he's no longer working. Yeah. Yeah, that's I nice like that. That's way to deliver exposition. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Can I talk about the food real quick? Mm-hmm. So they... they they took more than 10 days to film the dinner scene. And in those 10 days, they used 64 turkeys, 20 pounds of mashed potatoes, 35 pounds of stuffing, 44 pies, 30 pounds of sweet potatoes, 18 bags of mini marshmallows, and 50 gallons of juice that stood in for wine. Holy shit. That's a lot. And you don't really see anyone actually put food in their mouths. No, 
Jodie Foster said that's her one regret from the movie is that she doesn't show them eat like when she made it she she thought it was funny if the only time you actually see anybody eating is like the late night snack but like now she's like she was like now that I'm 58 and not 30 I wish Mm -hmm. I'd had them actually eating at the dinner table that would have been I mean that would have mean that the cast would have got their food would have got their dinner for like 10 days in a row so you know that would have been good yeah, just just have a shot here or there of someone someone eating. It doesn't have to be yeah. a ton, but uh, yeah, you don't see anybody eating. That's a waste of food. It is a waste of food. It really is. 64 turkeys. Yeah, that's now one of my problems. <laughs> well, and if they're not eating, couldn't they use fake food or something? Exactly. Just fake it. Just put fake food out. That's just a waste. Mm-hmm. I hope, like after day one, like they would have, they would give a couple to someone to eat. You know what I mean? At least, mm-hmm. and not just dump them. But then, yeah, strange. Right. So, I have notes. Okay. Very very quick notes because I've said quite a lot of them. Um, it was very nice to see the Polygram Entertainment logo at the start of the movie. Because that was something that I would see a lot in the nineties, and Polygram's no longer around. So to see the, the logo of a company that is no longer around that I used to see a lot in the 90s, I liked. Um, at least Claudia's daughter is up front about going to have sex with her boyfriend. At least she just tells her mum. Yeah. She doesn't ultimately do it because our boyfriend's an ass. Yeah, well, with the just a couple scenes, they really show how close she and her daughter really are. Mm-hmm. And I just wish there had been an explanation about why her daughter wasn't going with her. Yeah. Like, why, why didn't her daughter go with her? I know. I mean, she's 16 and she was supposed to be going to stay with her friends or her friends were coming over or something to stay with her. Yeah, like they were going to stay the night with her. Uh, I've wrote, Dylan McDermott is a handsome man. I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene where Gladys is essentially proclaiming her love for Henry is heartbreaking. Yeah. It is just so hard to watch and it's just oh she's so sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. and she's uh charlie chaplin's daughter yeah i was gonna mention that yeah she's uh yeah charlie chaplin's daughter yeah and of course robert Downey jr played chaplin yeah she was in that movie as well she was yeah um uh yeah I wrote, i'm glad i don't i don't have to go through this shit with my family uh the worst thing that can happen at christmas this year is my sister going to labor so <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be weird. That would be like a, a sitcom episode, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. If my sister just suddenly went into labour on Christmas Day, that would be weird. Um considering she's not pregnant. Ha <laughs> jokes. Uh it's cute that that TV was considered too big in nineteen ninety five. I know, I was thinking that too. <laughs> like I it, well and we have um it's it's decorative. It doesn't work yeah. anymore. But we have one of those old TVs, like that's like, like the wooden TVs that's and like the console, where it's a TV, but it also doubles as like a table or something. Yeah, and we have that in our home, and I was just looking at it the other day, and I was like, "Is this is my grandparents?" And I'm like, "We really sat on the other side of the room, watching this TV, this small TV." Mm-hmm. and looking down too because it was like at floor level mm-hmm. um, and now we have this huge TV that's up high 
and it's not even as big as a lot of people's TVs. Like, I'm looking at every TV in this house, and I'm like, they would have seemed so giant when I was a kid, and now they're just yeah. normal. Like, how did we watch such small TVs? Because it is, that TV was big for the time, and that is ridiculous. Although I also watch things on our phones, too. So. Yeah, we do watch things on our phones. Maybe we shouldn't, but we do. <laughs> well, I was just, I just held my, my phone up to see, like, what I'm looking, what I look at on my phone at the distance I'm at now is about the same as looking at the TV across the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not that weird to watch things on a phone, I guess. Or do you hold your phone out when you're watching? No, I don't. But I was just, I was trying to see if it was like, if the TV was about the same size as the phone from where I'm sitting. Yeah. Yeah, but I have a little holder for my phone. I don't just hold it out while I watch it. Uh, and the last note I have is very sweet ending. Because mm-hmm. it was a very sweet ending. Um, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to see like flashbacks of everything mm-hmm. that we've that spoke about in the movie. And they cast like younger people to play the the mum and the dad and Gladys. And we actually saw the kiss between Gladys and Henry and stuff like that. I did not expect that. And it was just like, that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. That's just really sweet and nice to see all that after um, hearing about it. Uh, and yeah, it was just a nice ending. Although Tommy fucks off and doesn't say goodbye to his sister. I was about to say that, that it annoys me that I know they're leaving early, but the two of them just leave and don't say goodbye. Especially considering that she had his back the entire time. Mm-hmm. And she just laughs everything that he says off and is just, you know, and encourages him, basically. But, yeah. So that was Home for the Holidays. We will be back on the 8th of December and we'll be covering Santa Claus the Movie from 1985. That's Dudley Moore, right? Yeah. Okay. And John, John Lithgow. Um, so we'll be watching that. And then after that, another two weeks, it'll be the 22nd of December, and it'll be Jen's Christmas pick. And I don't know if she's picked anything yet. But oh my god. Jen's Christmas pick. Can I tell you a story? Uh-huh. Last night, I was lying in bed, and I came up with a really good pick for my Christmas movie. And you've forgotten it. And I didn't write it down. <laughs> I thought, I should write this down. And then I was like, no, I'll remember. And now I have forgot. I'll remember. I, I have plenty of time to remember. <laughs> And I'll write yeah, it down next do. time I you, remember. Yeah, you have a month. Um, well, just before a month because we'll need to record it. <laughs> You're a month before yeah. we release it. <laughs> I um, hate that. I hate it whenever... I, I should know myself better by now. Like, I need to stop being like, oh, I'll remember it. I don't need to write that down. That happens with work all the time. I'll be on a in a work meeting, like on a Zoom meeting, and I'll be making notes about everything my boss tells me to do. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll understand this note later. And then later I look at it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, means. yeah. Never give yourself the benefit of the doubt. If you <laughs> if you if you not forget something all the time, you're gonna forget something again. So I'm the same. I do it all the time. I should write things down. I come up with ideas for stories and stuff like that, that I want to write when I'm lying in my bed, and I don't write them down, and I forget them the next day. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to be organized and you put something somewhere, and you're like, I'll remember the logic. Of how I chose yeah. where to put this, and I will find it again. And then later you're like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. 
That's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow the podcast, go to the website shiftedbench.co.uk. Contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, um, where, man, people are fleeing. Like, the ads and stuff. Like, so many people have taken their ads down. Like, I'm just watching it burn down and it, it is interesting elon musk is not a very smart man elon elon musk is that little dog that's sitting in the bar that's burning down and saying it's fine he's that <laughs> little character right now <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah i'm i'm still on that godforsaken website don't know why i'm too lazy to go anywhere else right so uh thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye goodbye, goodbye.